Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Talking about um, understanding who we are in Christ Jesus, and and uh, um, how much how much we, we love the Lord, and just simply understanding uh, our place in the Lord. Many times we have so many challenges in our lives, and we don't quite know how to deal with it, and we struggle. These challenges can involve other people, situations, or whatever it might be. We wind up worrying about these things that come into our lives and we become stressed out. Well, this is because many times we forget who we are in Christ Jesus. Many times you forget the fact that you are anointed. You are anointed. And we're going to talk about that anointing today. You have to realize you are anointed. So you should just say to yourself right now, I am anointed. I am anointed. But before we can say, I say that and really mean it and understand it, we need to be able to understand what the anointing is. If we realize what this anointing means, we wouldn't be so timid in our lives. If we realized what that anointing means, we wouldn't be so worried about things that happen in, in our lives, in our day-to-day lives. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. To get things started here, we have to go to the Word of God. 2 Corinthians uh, 1. 2 Corinthians 1, praise the living God. And we're going to go to verse number 20. 2 Corinthians 1, verse number 20. 2 Corinthians 1. Verse number 20. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. So that really means for all of the promises that God has put out there for us, all of the promises that God has in God are yes. Okay, the answer to all of God's promises are are yes and in him amen. You know, do you realize that when you say amen, that means so be it? You know, that means so be it. It's truth, okay? So all of God's promises in him are yes, and meaning so be it, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ, and has anointed us is God. Please underline, and has anointed us is God. And has anointed us is God. Who hath also sealed us, please in the line, who has also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Okay? You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Okay? God's anointed you and then you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Alright? A seal is, um, you may have seen in some of those, you know, King Arthur type movies and things like that, that, you know, when they wrote a message, exactly, they sealed, they folded the message over and they sealed it by putting the king's stamp on it. And that meant that was an official writ from the king, you know. Sometimes that seal would give you safe passage throughout the land and so forth. It was an indicator that you're the king's emissary, so to speak. Well, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, which, which is God. 
So that just, that just kind of opens the door, you know, for this message. All right. The word of God says that uh, uh, now he that abides in us with you in Christ has anointed us in God. Okay. And that us is also referring to you. Some would think in reading this that Paul here was talking about them, meaning the apostles and so forth. But no, this is talking about all of us. And we see that. We know that in, uh, in, uh, this, in the second chapter of Acts when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon us. That means we all now have avail- the availability of Holy Spirit is to all of us now. Not just the select few. But before we get ahead of myself here, um, what does it mean to be anointed? Okay, what does it actually mean? Well, some of the common uses for anointing, it was very, very common in the ancient, as an ancient cultural practice. Shepherds often poured oil on the heads of their sheep in order to protect them from insects that would burrow into their ears and kill them, contributing, contributing to all sorts of disease. And anointing became symbolic of blessing, protection, and empowerment. Oil was used for the skin in that very hot Middle Eastern um, uh, climate. Okay, the, the Bible speaks of where the woman anointed Jesus' feet after walking and traveling all those miles. So o- anointing had a very practical, practical use. Religiously, the Jewish people anointed the altar when making sacrifices. Spiritually, spiritually, anointing was related to the idea of strength or blessings. Priests were anointed with oil, later followed by Samuel, anointing both Saul and later David as kings of Israel. This anointing signified a person as a chosen one among the people. But what does anointing mean from a deep spiritual aspect? And that's what we want to dig, look at today. Today, some people, you know, speak of certain Christians as being anointed. Many times, and you've probably heard this, you know, someone will come up to you and say, Boy, I traveled to so-and-so and I went to this particular prayer meeting. And pastor so-and-so was there, or, or so-and-so was there, and boy, is he anointed. Is he anointed. Is she anointed. And they come back raving about how anointed this individual was. Well, many times in common everyday language today as Christians, we think of that person being anointed as they had something special that others didn't have. So we come back really raving and kind of lifting up that person in front of us and saying that they, were, they, are, they had such an anointing. Well, according to what we just read, All believers are anointed by God, or specially chosen by Him. So that means you, yes, little you sitting in that chair, you've been anointed by God. Go to Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18. Kind of look at the beginning here, at least in the New Testament, Luke chapter 4. Okay, Luke chapter 4. And let's start at verse 14. Luke 4, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out, out a fame of him through all of the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as the custom was, he went into the synagogues on the Sabbath day, and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, that is also the book of its meaning, the book of uh, the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Please underline there, because he has anointed me. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay? So he says there that the anointing of the Lord is upon him. We're told here in scripture that, that the anointing of the Lord was upon Jesus because of the fact that if you recall when he was uh, baptized, the, the word of God says that the heavens opened up and a dove descended upon him. This is representative of the Holy Spirit. It is at that point in time, after that anointing of Holy Spirit, and yes, Jesus needs to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Well, how is that so? When Jesus left heaven, separated from God the Father, he was here on earth. He was just as much man as you and I. Jesus slept. He got hungry, as we know the word of God says. He was very much a man. So therefore, in order for him to go forth and do God's work, even though he was the son of God, he needed to have that anointing of Holy Spirit too. There is no evidence anywhere in scripture that shows Jesus performing any miracles or doing any ministering. Anywhere in scripture there is no evidence of doing any ministering before the time that he was, the Holy Spirit came upon him and John the Baptist baptized him. In the river. Amen? That's when he went forward into ministry. And then we know from there he went into the desert, the devil challenged him, and so on like that. Okay, so Jesus himself was anointed. And he says there the anointing is upon him. Alright, let's go to um, Acts 10. Acts chapter 10. See, everything that Jesus did, you have to realize, through all of the trials and tribulations and challenges that Jesus went through, not once did he fold and sin. So this is indicative of being Jesus the man going through the same things in life that we go through today without sinning. Alright? You stop and think about that. Okay? Jesus said at one time that I could call down a host of angels to set me free from here. Of course, God the Father would have had to do that. But Jesus was here very much as a man. Okay, as a mortal man. He had to also die as a man. So we're looking here, um, Acts chapter 10. And we're going to look at verse number 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Please underline. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Please underline, for God was with him. Okay? So here we see again where the word of God says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Alright? And again, this helps you to get in context what happened with Jesus actually coming here. He was stripped of all of those powers, so to speak, if you will, because he was here as a man. So God had to anoint him with the Holy Ghost so that he would have the power. And this again is indicative, it's kind of a type of where we are. When we come to the Lord, we are anointed with the Holy Ghost. Okay, so you see here that what I want to establish here is the fact that Jesus was anointed and he had to be anointed. This was a term used to emphasize that Jesus as the chosen one of God. Alright, now if you go back to, um, to, to 2 Corinthians 1 that we just read a few minutes ago. 2 Corinthians 1. Okay, and again, said in verse twenty-one, has a, uh, 
Uh, now he which establishes us, you in Christ, and has anointed us is God. Again, getting deep down into your spirit and understanding that as a Christian, as a child of God, you were indeed anointed. You, you can't, don't, please don't lose sight of, of that, uh, that scripture. At first glance, it may appear that Paul only spoke of himself and those with him are anointed. However, he states that the Holy Spirit within the believer is associated with God's anointing. Every Christian is anointed or chosen by God as his children, set apart for him for acts of service. Okay, now, if you're a born-again child of God, you have to believe in and understand that because of the fact that you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, that you are now a child of God and that you have that anointing. All right, now, you, you just simply, again, that's something that I can't teach you. I can't make you believe it. You have to understand in your spirit how it works. It says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. You, as a child of God, has been anointed, uh, anointed with Holy Ghost. So you have that same anointing. You have the same anointing. The problem with us Christians is that many of us just don't believe it or we don't understand what that anointing means. The power that comes along with it. What sets you apart as a child of God. Okay, when I say a child of God, I'm not just, all, I'm not just talking about um, relationship to God. I'm talking about positionally. In other words, as a child of God, where does that place you in terms of position? Okay, what rights and what levels of authority do you have as a child of God? You see, but we Christians, we many times, we don't, we don't hold on to that when we have a tribulation or a trial that comes up in our life. When, when there's a, a shortage of money, when there, there's a job that's challenging, when, whatever kind of issue that's going on, we lose sight of the fact that I am a child of God. Not only in relationship-wise, but in, in, in position, which means that God has given me a level of authority over many things that are in my life. God has given me an authority and an anointing, the same anointing that Jesus Christ had, Oh, blasphemy, blasphemy. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. The Word of God is saying that. Okay, why? Because who gave Jesus the anointing? The Holy Spirit. Who gives you the anointing? The Holy Spirit. Understand what I'm saying? Okay, so that means that you have the same authority in the name of Jesus. Of course, in ourselves, we can do nothing, but we can do everything in the name of Jesus. But more importantly, you have the authority to use it. You have the authority. Okay? Who was it that tried to use the, use the, uh, 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 to try to cast out the demons? Alright? And the demons talked back to him and said, was it Stephen? Talked back to him and said, and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but you we don't know. And the word of God said that he was chased seven ways, you know, by those demons. He was run out of town, so to speak, because he did not have the authority to use the name of Jesus. Okay? You have that authority. So that means that there's nothing in your life that should be looming and coming up against you that should be preventing you from being an overcomer. Be it the way you, you feel, a feeling that comes over you, a sadness, a, a, a lack, a worry about money, or whatever it is, there is, nothing, there is nothing that should prevent you from remembering who you are and that I am anointed. Okay? Now, this may sound a little puffy and whatnot, but you almost need to get in your spirit when those things in your life, those bad things start coming at you and you start feeling dejected and oh boy overcome and we need to say whoa wait a minute I'm anointed I am the anointed and you should start standing up straight you should stop standing stoop-shouldered and feeling beaten and just trodden down and say wait a minute I'm anointed I am a child of God this devil has no authority to come into my life and make me worry about money. This devil has no authority to come into my life and have me worrying and depressed and grieving about so-and-so. I am a child of God. That very same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus Christ is in me. 
And I've been anointed by him. So I am anointed. That means that if I'm anointed, that means that I have the power and the authority to overcome this bad situation that is trying to present itself in my life. You see? But we Christians, we forget it. We forget who we are. We forget who we are. We think that we should just go through life and just give in to anything that presents itself to us. Okay? Let's go to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. Book of Ephesians. Praise the living God. Ephesians 1. Okay. We were here a few weeks ago when we were talking about um, the spiritual blessings that are bound, that are already there for us. But let's start at verse number 1. Matter of fact, let's just jump to 3. Verse numbers 1 and 2 are basically Paul's greetings. So let's just start at verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Okay? Now, that's something else that's kind of hard for you to wrap your head around, being that we human beings live in a, in, in, in a, a, a linear time situation, in, in that there's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's how we see time as human beings. God lives in this constant now, so to speak, where there is no yesterday, today, and, and tomorrow for God. But it says here, it, it says here, uh, let me reread that, it says that according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So that means before the world was even founded, God knew you. God had a plan for your life. And that kind of boggles your mind again if you try to, try to reason it out as a human being and think about it. Okay, but God is God. God knew that, at, God knew that at, at, at this particular point in time, Brandon was going to be born. And this is the life that I have planned for, Bron, for, for Brandon. The same thing with every single one of you. God had a plan for your life before the foundations of time, okay? So if God knew what your life was going to be, and yes, by our own choices, you know, we tend to kind of get off track and everything like that, but you found your way back to God because if you hadn't found your way back to God, you wouldn't be sitting here today. You wouldn't be sitting here today listening to his word, eager to have his word, eager to hear his word. Okay, so before the foundation of time, God had a plan for you. All right, God had a plan for you. goes on to say here, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. Now, this is the thing that I was talking about before when I said you've been adopted, adopted into the family of God. And this is a position as well as a relationship. It's your position uh, by, by uh, Christ Jesus, by Jesus Christ, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us acceptable and accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, underline. In whom we have redemption through the, his blood, the, the uh, forgiveness of sins, underline all of that. According to the riches of his grace. All right, through the blood of Jesus you've been redeemed. Wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself. Please in the line, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. You see, and God is revealing that mystery of his will to you day by day. Another portion of that mystery is being revealed to you today. And that is the fact that you are anointed. 
Okay, and again, we read the words and we kind of use the term, oh, so-and-so is so anointed, so-and-so, well, you are anointed also. Okay, there's not another human being that is more more anointed than any other human being. Now, and I don't want to get too far off, we'll touch on a little bit of this later. Um, um, that anointing does manifest itself in different ways in some people more so than others. Okay, some may be anointed, say, like, say, for the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, and so on like that. But that does not mean that you are not anointed. There are anointed, you as, as someone that is anointed of God, you have a gift that maybe you are even unaware of yet. You have a purpose in God's church. And I'm talking about the body of Jesus Christ. I don't mean a physical building. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ. There's a purpose for you. There's a ministry that you have. There's an anointing that you have. Amen. Amen. As a child of God, there is an anointing. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he has purpose to himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated um, according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will in whom we also have obtained an inheritance that means you have an inheritance from God there's something that you have inherited okay but it's kind of like for many of us it's like you having um, uh, an Aunt Tilly that lives someplace in Pago Pago was filthy rich, and she passed on, and until he bequeathed everything to you as an inheritance. But you living here in the United States, you have no knowledge of that. You don't realize how filthy rich you are, <laughs> okay? That you own many of those islands that she left to you over there, but you have no, no, you have no knowledge of that because you're not aware of what she said. Okay? Okay? Or even more importantly, to kind of link to where we Christians are today sometimes, you may become aware of that inheritance. Someone will send you the letter, but guess what? You don't believe it. You don't believe it. Oh, no, until he couldn't have done that. No, no. But me, me, little me, how can I own all of those islands? Oh, how can I have owned all of that money? That, that must be a mistake. Or, or how does that work? I don't want that. It's very similar to the word of God. We have that anointing, but many times we don't understand what that means. And in some cases, we actually don't believe it. You know, many times we doubt what the word of God is saying. And sometimes it is saying, you, you, you don't want to doubt God's, God's word, but, but what does it mean that I inherited all of this? So sometimes I got to go to Pago Pago to find out what that really is that I inherited. Well, God is bringing it through you through the word of God. God is telling you that this is what you've inherited. And, and, and to read his word. Do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. Do you believe that the Holy Bible is the unadulterated word of God as inspired by Holy Spirit and written by man? Yes, I do believe that. Then how can you doubt that you're anointed? Why is it that you don't understand the power that you have in you? Okay? And, and when I say this, I say this kind of cautiously because I don't want people hearing this on the podcast, on the internet there, thinking that I'm trying to talk that um, uh, uh, new world kind of stuff. The power in you. You've got the power in you. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that as a child of God, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, and that Holy Spirit is God. I'm not saying that you are God. That's different. We're not. 
But we can certainly tap on what God has given us. We can tap on that anointing. But you've got to understand that you are anointed. And stand up with your shoulders back and your chest sticking out. Saying, I am a child of God. Satan, devil, I'm no longer going to stand for this. Get away from me in the name of Jesus Christ. With Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. If there's sickness in your body, okay, okay, with, with Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, I am prospering. So I command you, spirit of lack, to get out of my life. Right? Amen? Amen? To rebuke those things, you've got the authority. Okay? But many times, again, like the, the, the thing in Pago Pago, I've got this inheritance, I've got this powering, but I don't believe that I have it because, and I don't understand how it can work. Well, the Word of God can tell you how it can work. If you believe it. But that's the whole truth, is, is, is believing it. Okay? In whom we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who works all things after the counsel of His own will. That we should be to the praise of His glory who, who first trusted in Christ. In whom you also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Please underline. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? Alright? Again, you were sealed. That means that you've been identified. You know, you can kind of picture a, a, a stamp on your forehead, if you will. Picture it however you want to picture it as a stamp on your forehead. But, but, but there's a seal on you that says, that, that says you belong to God. Holy Spirit is in you. Do not touch Him. Okay? You see? You see? But many times we don't believe that we should be, be concerned about the, uh, uh, the devil trying to touch us. The Word of God says that the devil walks about as a roaring lion. As a roaring lion. Okay? He, he, he likes to roar to scare you away. Okay? But he knows that if you really know who you are, that he doesn't stand a, a chance in Hades of overcoming or really impacting your life. You see? But we forget, though, I am the anointed. That I've got the Holy Spirit that's in me. All right. Now I know to some this may sound just like a foreign concept and, and so on, so on, unbelievable. But if you really believe that God is who God says he is, and if you really believe that the word of God is what God says his word is, then you have to wrap your head around understanding that you, you are just not some little, you know, piddly ant out there that the devil can just step on at every single whim. You know, he likes to make you believe that. He likes to get you to think that. Okay? The devil likes to put that spirit of doubt in your mind where you can't even stand to hear the word of God. You know, that you can't really, really swallow the whole word of God, the truthful word of God. You see, and the more the devil keeps you in that position, the more you'll fail. The more you fail. The more, the more you keep on resisting the fact that you are who God says you are and that I want to hear and understand and love God and worship God. That's why I was talking so much about worship before. Because a lot of these concepts will stay foreign to you until you can get to the point that you really understand who God, God is and that you love Him enough to really worship Him. Okay? Okay? You, you can't, you know, the Word of God says, I wish you were either hot or cold because you're lukewarm, I will spew you out. The days are getting short, saints. I'm not proclaiming to know when Jesus is coming back, when the world's going to come to an end like that um, numerologist tried to predict this weekend. We weren't going to make it through the week- weekend because the planet Nimri was going to come through and crash into the earth and all that kind of nonsense again. I almost did a sermon on me and the Holy Spirit said, don't waste your time. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay, I said, no, don't waste your time. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm telling. I mean, I mean, some people want to get out there, you know. And the difference between and, and the numer, you know, numerology and biblical numerics are two different things. Okay, biblical numerics, which looks a lot at numbers, 
has to do with understanding God's word through numbers. People use numerology the way they use astrology in that they're trying to predict the future, trying to understand the future. That's, there's a difference. Deuteronomy and Leviticus talk a lot about delving into occultic practices. And numerology can very, very closely get into that because they're trying to use numbers to predict the future. Okay, and there is no predicting the future. God is our future. God told us to stay away from that. Numerics is looking at God. Seven is God's holy number and 40 and so on like that. There's the difference in it. But, but, but to get back to what I'm saying here, though, is, though is, is that we will get into all of that sort of stuff and stop believing and get fearful instead of under, understanding and believing the truth that God is telling us. Little simple things about simple as I am anointed, which makes you a special, it makes you a special person. Okay? And that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Go to um, Ephesians 2, verse number 10. Okay? Ephesians 2, verse number 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay, so God has ordained that you should work in Jesus' good works. Okay, before time. You see, you see that there's a path to your life. There's a path to your life. You are not just going to bed Sunday night. Waking up Monday morning, going to work, or playing attending to the kids, whatever it is that you do, you know, without a purpose in your life, you see? But many times we get up, and I'm, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, in years past, as a, as a baby Christian, growing and un- coming to understand God, I would wake up sometimes and say, oh boy, here we go again, another Monday morning. You know, and you see that in the world today. How many people, those of us, are in the workplace and you get there on Monday morning and you say, How are you today? Ah, I'm okay for a Monday. Oh, today's Blue Monday. You know, how you feel? How you feel? Michael, how you feel? Michael, on Blue Monday. Blue? It's not blue to me. It's just as glorious and sunshiny sun as every, every other day of, 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 the, of the week. Okay, okay, and this is the thing as a Blue Monday. If you're feeling a blue money, you need to start doing some serious reflection, introspection on yourself. What's going on in your head? You know, in the first place, you know, I look at it and I say, you know, you've heard the old expression about our, um, the, man, uh, the man who had no uh, uh, shoes. You know, he complained because he had no shoes until he met the guy that had no feet. Amen? Amen? Well, think about the blessings, the many things that you do have. Think about the fact that you woke up. Think about the fact that your life is not just a random act. This isn't something that is just a random act. You just happen, you know, your mom and dad just happened to meet each other. You were born and then now you're on this random path that's going through life. God has a path for you. Realize that you have been, that you are anointed and God has a purpose for your life that was formed before the creation of the earth. Before the universe, God knew you. Okay? So you've got to throw your shoulders back and, be, and stand proud. Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. One Peter chapter two verse nine. One Peter two verse nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called out you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay? Underline all of that, please. You are a chosen generation. 
Okay? This is by election. In other words, God has chosen. God has chosen. God has chosen. A royal priesthood. A priesthood under Jesus Christ. A holy nation. A peculiar people. You know, think of that. I'm peculiar. I'm peculiar. I'm peculiar in a good way. I'm peculiar in that, in that, you know, you are not like the others. You're not like the others. You see? And, and you've got to get that deep within your spirit. You know, one thing I, will, I am so, so proud of, and I give the glory to God um, for my parents, but that's something that they knew and I didn't understand as a youngster. But my parents always dwelled in me. You know, I, I was like any other youngster. I got into trouble. Remember, I did something, I heard my mom's voice, Michael, get in here. She called me from outside. I was outside playing. And she lit into me for doing and saying whatever I did. She said, never forget who you are. You're not like them. I don't want to see you out there behaving and talking and carrying on like them. You're not like them. You're a cop, you're a cop first of all, and then you're a child of God, most importantly. So you're not like them. I don't want to, and stop being, oh, so-and-so did it. I don't care what so-and-so did. You know, it sounds familiar. <laughs> so-and-so, so-and-so, I don't care what so-and-so did, my mom would say. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not their parent. I'm your parent. Don't do as they do. Don't be a follower. Be a leader. Okay? Well, that's how you are. Remember who you are. Okay? And I heard that all of my, my, my young years and into my teen years especially. Stop being a follower. Be a leader. You're not who they are. Remember who you are. Okay? So remember who you are. You, you, we are a peculiar people in that we're set aside. We're not like the rest of the world. Okay? So that means that we don't have to behave like the rest of the world. We don't have to get upset when things in the world start going crossways. Okay? It may impact you for a time, for a season. Everybody's worried about the taxes and everything like that. You're a peculiar people. God will take care of you. Whichever way those foolish men in Washington, D.C. decide that they think they want to vote and whatever comes up, God will take care of you. Think about it. God already has. Maybe you had some rough spots in life. Maybe you had some rough times in life. But you're sitting here today. I don't see anyone out there looking so thin like they're starving. <laughs> Amen? So you've all got food on your tables, apparently. Rosy cheeks. You all look full of life and everything. So you're doing okay. So if the world is doing so badly, why are you doing okay? Because you're trusting God. And you've got to remember, that no matter where man decides to take this country and the rest of the world, Jesus is in charge. God is in charge. And if you continue focusing on him, remembering who you are, that you are anointed, that you've been sealed, that means that when the devil starts coming out, those people that want to follow after him, the devil sees that seal on you and they back off as long as you are professing and confessing with your mouth in line with God's word. Okay? But... At the core of that, again, gets back to, to, to loving God and to understanding Him and to worshiping Him. You know? If you can't even come to Him and be thankful to Him and just unashamedly praise Him and worship Him and whatnot, then it's hard for God to really contact you the way that He would really like to because in the first place, you don't love Him enough to want to even hear Him. You know? I mean, how many times, you know, if you have, well, many of you are too young here to have children that have gotten to the point where, like, you think they don't want to hear your voice. Tots, when they're young, they just don't want to hear anybody's voice when they're stopping them, okay. But I'm talking about by design, someone does not want to hear your voice. Or they don't, or, or, or someone doesn't want to believe you. 
How willing are you to pour out your all and to really give your, your, your biggest secrets to someone who doesn't really want to be bothered with you? Or to someone who really, really doesn't love you? Okay? You see? Now, we do that as human beings, but God is God. Because God doesn't look at, well, I'm not going to do this because, you know, he or she doesn't love me. But you, you wind up building up such a block that you can't hear God when God's trying to talk to you. You know? It's like you trying to, um, you know, you're in a town someplace and you're lost. And you've got somebody trying to give you directions and you don't trust those directions. Oh, that's so-and-so, you know. Go down so-and-so and make a left turn and blah, 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 and you don't trust them. So I don't want to hear that. I don't want to take their advice. Okay? But that's kind of, that's kind of like, like, like God, you know, trying to talk to you, but you don't want to hear it. You see? You see? So it's very hard for you to be successful. It's very hard for you to be an overcomer if you're, if you're in that position. Okay? Nine again real quickly. But we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises. That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness. Now, how can you not praise and thank God and thank someone who's pulled you out of darkness? Do you realize that you would not even be here today if it wasn't for God? Amen? We can, excuse me, we can thank the person, like I said, you can thank the person that gives you a hundred bucks. You can praise that person. But you can't praise and thank God. And he's the one that show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I mean, that alone should, should make you just want to love God and Lord, I praise you, I magnify your name, I, I adore you, Lord God, thank you, Lord, there is none other, and so forth. I mean, really from the bottom of your heart. I don't mean lip service. I mean from the bottom of your heart. Go to 1 John. Little John, as they call it. One John chapter two. Um, let's start at eighteen. Verse eighteen. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. And when it says antichrist in this regard to, it's not talking about the big antichrist. Anti simply means against, against Christ. And we see that, we see that all about us. There are many antichrists out there right now. People who would be speaking against the things of God. Uh, 19. They went out from us. Went out meaning doctrinally they went out. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. Okay, so in other words, that, that's like people who all of a sudden decide that they're not going to follow the concepts of God or the doctrines that the Bible is talking about and what they're saying there. But how could they leave us? That must mean that they weren't really along with us in the first place. They weren't in agreement with what we were preaching and talking about in the first place, because otherwise they couldn't have strayed out, strayed off, you know. And I scratched my head about that today, because the, 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 the Word of God does, does speak about the, the, um, the, the, the apostate, and at the time it would be the great falling away of the church. And we see that today. We see where people in the church are falling away doctrinally, where they start speaking and talking about what the Word of God is saying, which the Word is nowhere in the Word of God. 
But here people spouting all sorts of things and calling themselves Christian, but there's nowhere in the word of God. But they start off believing something, so they claimed, but then how could they veer that far off? Stop and think about yourself. Is there any way that you could turn away and start speaking something different than what the word of God is saying? This is what I ask myself. Okay, I find that, I, to me, that's just unimaginable. That all of a sudden I would go off and start preaching something that isn't in the word of God. Okay, he's saying it. He's saying, they went out from us, but they were not of us, because if they had been with us, they would no doubt have continued with us. Okay, all right, all right. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But you, 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 everyone sitting here, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Okay? You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. All right? Now, that is not meaning that you know all that God knows, but it means that you have the ability to know all that the Holy Spirit knows if you're willing to tap into what Holy Spirit is telling you. Okay? You know the scripture that talks about um, no man can teach you because Holy Spirit is with you? No man can teach you? Okay? Now, you can't go through life saying, you can't tell me. You can't tell me. anything. No. Saying that the sum total of God's knowledge is available to you, and God will reveal it to you as the time is right. When God wants you to know something and when you need to know something. Amen. Amen. Um, 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 I am not the one that does the teaching. It's the Holy Spirit in you that does the teaching. I can stand up at you all day here and preach and preach and preach. But until Holy Spirit is in you, taking what you're hearing and processing that and Holy Spirit revealing to you. I can stand up here and read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And you walk out of here, okay, that was a good reading. What was that all about? What was that all about? Okay. So until Holy Spirit is in you, that is in you, is revealing what the Word of God is saying to you, that's where the teaching moment actually comes. That's why the Word of God talks so much about reading the Bible. Okay. Because reading the Bible and praying, because it is through praying and reading the Bible that Holy Spirit reveals what God is trying to tell you through His Word. Amen. Amen. You have, you have an unction from the Holy One. You know all things. Um, we do one John. You did one John twenty. That's one. Okay, okay. Uh, one John, one John two twenty also affirms this understanding of all Christians being anointed by God. If you have been anointed by the Holy One and you have knowledge, verse twenty seven adds. If you go down to verse number twenty seven, you see. Uh, verse 27, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you. There it is. But as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Please highlight or put a bracket all around verse 27. The anointing which you have received of him abides in you. In other words, it lives in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth. You see, so the Holy Spirit can teach you. You're in a situation at work, you're in a situation at home, or something's going on in your life, there's sickness. Holy Spirit can teach you and tell you what to do with that and how to deal with it. Okay? Not something that man can teach you, but the Holy Spirit can indeed teach you. Go to Romans, Romans 12. Praise the living God. Romans 12, Romans 12, verse number 3, thank you Jesus, Romans 12, 
Notice all verse 3. For I say, <clears throat> for I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Please underline. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Please underline. Doubt. God has dealt. I'm sorry. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Please underline. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the pro- proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on, exhorteth, on, on exhortation, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity, he that rules with diligence, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. Those gifted in leadership serve according to their gifts, just as others who may serve with perhaps less visible gifts, such as mercy or encouragement, serve according to their gifts. All right? So it means everyone in a ministry has a gift, has a gift, has a place that they should be serving. And when you're in church, when you're in a church, when you're in a ministry, you should be asking the Lord, how can I serve? What is it that you would have me to do? You you know, we had had a ministry of helps um, uh, back back east there in New York. And and we had these sisters. One was a nutritionist, a licensed nutritionist, and she planned the meals for the children that were in children's church. And that was her purpose in ministry. She never desired to want to be pastor, you know, or to be an, uh, an elder or something like that. But that is what God had gifted her with, the ability to do that and she served what, we, what the Bible calls as a ministry of helps you know you had the, the, the ministry of administration we had people that worked up in the office you know that dealt with all of the pastor's business and other administrative dealings of the church so there's a function that all of us have in the body of Christ and we've all been, been called to do something and we have that we have that anointing that is in us uh, the last one is Romans um, 12 just go back to 4 and 5 for a minute Romans 12 for we have many members, we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, every one members one of another, having then gifts, gifts differing according to their grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the prophecies of faith, and so on. So we see here that we, we have that anointing. The point that needs to be made here today in closing is that God has called you. The moment that you were born again and you decided to give your Lord to Jesus Christ, all right, the Holy Spirit took up residence in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. So you are anointed. You are anointed. You are a special person. You are a quote-unquote a peculiar person. And you need to remember that when tribulation and trials come your way because we always have it. We, we will always. Jesus said that you will have tribulations. Jesus said that you will. He didn't say if, he said when. So when those things come about you again, come at you, remember, who are you? I'm a child of God. Positionally, I've been adopted through Jesus Christ into the family of God. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm an heir. I am sealed by Holy Spirit. That makes me a special person. I am an anointed person. Doesn't mean that you run around puffed up in pride and all that sort of thing. But you, um, you, you, you wield your power, so to speak. You wield your power as a godly person. All right? You don't wield power the way some evil dictator would and so forth. And, and that's where you start seeing some people that I've seen kind of going astray when they all of a sudden start acting so pious. 
You know, and that's to me that's such a great turn off because it's such a a a, a, a misuse a misusing of, of of God's word. You know, because you're an anointed person and you're filled with Holy Spirit and you've got all that God has planned for you, you know, within your grasp, doesn't mean you become pious and puffed up and start thinking like, you know, I'm this and I'm that and I'm so much better this, I'm so much that. And start walking, walking around like you, you know, like you're, you're the king of Siam or something. You know, you are a child of God. And, you know, one thing I've kind of... And I'm not drawing a comparison between martial arts and the Word of God, necessarily, but of the people that I've known through life that were were black belts and very, very gifted in the martial arts, the technique, the ability, they were the humblest people that you could ever know. Very humble. You wouldn't even know that they had the power to rip your head off, you know, by just talking to them or being around them. But they knew who they were, they knew what skills they possessed, and they knew that they didn't have to brag about that. But as a child of God, you know who you are, you know the awesome power that is at your disposal. You've got some awesome power at your disposal. You know, many times you talk about raising the dead, and people really start, their eyes start popping when you start talking about raising the dead. But there have been people in modern times who were indeed raised from the dead in front of hundreds of witnesses. Okay, now does the press get a hold of it? No, not so much. You know, it happens a lot. Oh, over in some little small kingdom, some little place in the darkest place of Africa, there wasn't uh, an evangel, um, what's his name, service that went on. And yeah, this man was raised from the dead, and they kind of poo-poo it. Okay, but the reason, I always say, the reason we as children of, of God today don't see many more miracles is because we have lost sight of the fact that miracles do exist. And that miracles are real. Not until you get into a good ministry where you see the signs of the Holy Spirit moving where we like where we were back east and you saw things like that happening that you really came to know that those miracles are indeed real. They're real. Okay? So the anointing is real. Who you are is real. The fact remains here today is whether or not you choose to believe it, whether or not you want to take that knowledge, the information you've been given, and run with it and work with it, and that will change your life. You've got Monday morning coming up. Everybody has something planned for Monday morning. Some things are more attractive to some than others, depending on what's on your agenda and the people you have to deal with. Well, when you go to work tomorrow morning, remember that I am anointed. And the power of the Holy Spirit is in me. And remember, and this will make your head spin if you stop and think about it. This is the same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus. The same one. That should be enough to give you, like, you know, shivers just to think about it. That same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Holy Spirit that gave Jesus the man, the power that he had, is that same Holy Spirit that's in you. Not according to my words. You just got through reading it. The question is, and the challenge is, do you believe it or not? Amen? Amen? Praise God. With that, I hope this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.